In this episode, we are talking to Charles Ryan Minton, who is a hotel general manager, keynote speaker, and a bestseller author of the book, Thanks for Coming In Today. Ryan was recently named as one of the top 15 hospitality professionals by Global Gurus. Ryan is currently the general manager for the Vestine Hotel Fort Lauderdale, owned by Marriott Hotels. Tag along and hear Ryan share some personal moments in his life that shaped his career, and also some tools and habits that he used on a daily basis to create a great customer experience. Thanks, Ryan, for being on this podcast. Pleasure to have you here, talking about your big passion for customer experience and empowering the frontline workers. Thank you for having me, Suzanne. It's really an honor to talk to someone over in New Zealand. (laughs) So tell me a bit about the book, Thanks for Coming In. I was fortunate to take a little bit of time off from my hotel gig and write the book. And the title, Thanks for Coming In Today, there's actually a story behind that title that I open up the book with. And really what it is, is when I had my very first hotel job, I worked at a front desk of a Marriott and I was the front office manager. And I was really fortunate. I had this incredible team. There was all of these customer service rock stars on our front desk. And there was one young man on that team that just really stood out and his name was Jason. And at the time, Jason was studying hospitality at a local university. He wanted to be a general manager of a hotel. He would come into work every day with this just incredible amount of energy, like so much excitement to come to work. It was like almost you couldn't contain him, that that level of excitement. And I joke all the time that I'm convinced that that Jason was in the parking lot just chugging Red Bulls before he would come in. (laughs) Um, because that's how much energy he had, but it was super contagious. But one of the things that he would do is he would come in to the hotel. He'd seek me out wherever I was and he would give me this really gripping handshake and he'd say, Ryan, thanks for coming in today. And, you know, it was really funny because obviously I'm his manager. I really should be thanking him for coming in, but he would thank me and he would do this with everyone. He would do it with his coworkers. He would see a housekeeper in the back of the house and, hey, thanks for coming in today. He didn't even necessarily know them, but he would thank them. And it was very endearing. It was funny. But Jason was really awesome at what he did. And so as I moved up in my career and went on to a different hotel, I had the opportunity to hire Jason as my front office manager as he moved up his career. It wasn't long after I had hired Jason to be our front office manager that I received a phone call in the middle of the night that Jason had been killed in a car accident. And uh, it it was crushing. Yeah, that must have been so... It was hard. And I remember immediately hanging up the call and thinking how much I was going to miss Jason saying thanks for coming in today. And Mm -hmm. what I realized was even though it was funny, when he would say thanks for coming in today, it made me feel like I mattered. And I wanted other people to feel that way. I want other people to feel like they matter. So I set out on my own little mission to honor Jason and say, thanks for coming in today to all my employees. And I've done it my entire career. And whenever I take over a new hotel or I get a new employee and I do that, hey, thanks for coming in today and handshake. Sometimes I'll get some puzzled looks or responses like, yeah, you scheduled me. Of course I'm here. And I like to explain in those moments, that I know I really mean that. I mean that I really appreciate you coming in today because 
in customer service, no matter what industry you're in, especially with those frontline associates, if someone decides to sleep in or call off or not come in that day, it impacts everything. So every job matters and it really matters when people make the decision to come to work. We're one or two people every day from either a really great day or pure hell. So that's what thanks for coming in today is really about how do you put in the building blocks to show genuine appreciation, build that culture where employees want to come to work, actually want to get up and come to work and be excited about providing customer service. Yeah. So you could say that's one of your kind of daily habits that you have every day that you just thank everyone to coming to work. Do you have any other habits like that that you do to really make sure that your staff feel appreciated? Yeah, I I use the word intentional a lot. One of the things I'm intentional about is the first part of my day, the first two hours. I get in typically around 7, 7.30. And up until 9 a.m. when we have our morning, what we call stand-up, where everybody comes together in the departments and we talk about the day and anything that we have facing. From that 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., I I do not set foot in my office. I just walk around the hotel. I visit every department. Department. I visit all the employees. Obviously, at the same time, I'm having the opportunity to interact with guests. I tell people that are looking to to find ways to change their culture, to put in things in place. I, I talk about how that's those two hours are the two most important hours of my day, because not only am I getting around and and being able to thank associates for coming in and talking to them and showing genuine appreciation, but I'm also getting a vibe for what's going on in the hotel. I'm going to know where the needs are. I'm going to discover quickly, oh, housekeeping departments, two people short today. We're going to need some extra help there. So it's not like a waste of time. It's actually very valuable. I'm intentional about making that time. And what's some of the response that you get from your employees when you have that when you're doing the rounds generally i like to think they're happy to see me <laughs> maybe i'm naive i don't know they know that's an opportunity to connect with me they know it's an opportunity to let me know if there's something they need because i am such a person routine we have a starbucks in our hotel and so before i even make it to the starbucks barista already has my coffee ready and i've never asked for that ever it's just it was after the first couple of days of me coming over there and chatting and saying hey can i get a white mocha now the white mocha is always there i think it's generally well received and i've had people tell me that it does help set the tone for the day that's amazing thinking about a great experience that you deliver for your customers what's the difference between a good experience and one that's just over the top awesome. One of my favorite stories that I talk about in the book is a philosophy that a restaurant owner in my hometown implemented in all his restaurants and he calls it BPA, blow people away. And he said that this idea of BPA and why he called it BPA came from the idea that as he started his first restaurant, now he has 12, he's killing it. He was scared to death. He thought, In order to make this successful, I've got to blow people away. And similar to the Ritz-Carlton philosophy that every employee has, there's different, they can do anything it takes up to $2,000 to take care of a customer. He lets his employees know to look for opportunities to blow people away, whether it's listening to overhearing a conversation that it's someone's birthday or a story he told us, they're, they're a fine dining restaurant. And the server had overheard that one of the customers was 
there because of, they had to be there and they were bummed because they were missing their favorite football game. And they literally went into the back and they had a television and they set it up in a way that only the gentleman at the table could even see that it was there and that it was set up so that he could watch the game. And it was like a secret. Nobody knew, only he knew, but it blew him away, obviously. And so looking for, uh, we call it responding to cues sometimes, looking for ways to go above and beyond and blow people away. Do you have some experience that you had recently where, where someone did that for you? For me personally? Oh, goodness. Well, actually, I do have one. Um, I went, so I visited my hometown two weekends ago, and I went to a baseball game, a professional baseball game. I'm a huge Cincinnati fan. And I, we were in the team shop, and I ran into the manager who I used to work for. And we were just chatting and we had a few items that we were going to get from the store. He literally said, get whatever you want. It's on me. Just go over there, sign it off. It's yours. And that blew me away. And he didn't need to do that. Now, obviously, the part of the story is that he knew me and he was wanting to do something nice for me. But um, the way that I felt in that moment was just like, wow, like I felt really appreciated, really valued that someone was willing to say, you know what, whatever you want, it's on us. It's almost like, like a kid in a candy shop. What's too much, you know, what's too much to take? <laughs> <laughs> so in your book, you mentioned a service. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So the service pledge is really so simple, but I believe in it so much. Every time I go into a new hotel or I consult with a business that wants to improve their customer service, inevitably, I'm always, I don't know why I'm surprised anymore, but it, it is a surprise to me that that businesses don't have service basics in place. And that's what a service pledge is to me, is it's basically the basics to what is good customer service. Don't take for chance that the employees that you have on the front lines know your expectations around simple, basic customer service. So these are very simple things. I won't list them all, but they're things like if a guest asks where for directions to somewhere in your facility, you actually take them there. You don't point. Answering the phone within X amount of rings that you decide is the standard for your facility and have a smile in your voice. What is a smile in your voice? Make sure you teach people that. Things like the use the guest name whenever possible. There's all these little things, but I've found that it's so crucial to provide those really as a framework of what good customer service is. And so whenever I take over a new hotel, like I just did, we have a huge pep rally. We bring all the employees together. We roll out the service pledge. We take it, the pledge together. It's cheesy, but it's fun. We blow the poster up on the wall and then everybody takes the pledge together and then we go sign it. And it's really our commitment to, this is our service culture. And I tell people all the time, once we get things rolling, in our hotel and providing consistently great service. I will have guests that will run into me or literally ask for me and say, what's going on here? Why is everyone so friendly? Why does this feel different? And I point to the pledge. I really do because customer service is, yes, it's easy, but it has to be taught in some cases. And I think that it's so important to have those basics in place as the framework for what you want to do in terms of your Providing. You also mentioned the 2010 rule. Mm -hmm. 
What, what is that? I love the 2010 rule. I think it's probably out of all my service basics of the service pledge, it's my favorite. And this, the 2010 rule is that when you're in the hotel or you're in, in for your, your viewers, whatever business they run, whether it's an auto body shop or a uh, hotel or whatever it may be, beauty salon, when a customer comes in to your facility or they're in your facility within 20, 20 feet, you should be making some kind of eye contact and smiling. And then within 10 feet, there has to be some kind of verbal exchange, whether hello, good morning, good afternoon, how's your stay going, some kind of verbal exchange. And I point to this one as the single most important because if you want to change a culture and you want a place to feel friendly, this is the single thing that you can do quickly that will start to change the feel and the vibe of an environment. So much so that I tell guests all the time when they ask me that question, what's going on different here? I said, did you notice that almost every employee encountered made eye contact with you and probably said hello? Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. Wow, that really did make a difference. And 2010 rule, I think, is something anyone can do to quickly change the vibe of, of an environment if you get everyone on board with it. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think it doesn't really cost you anything either to do it. So what does it take to create a workplace that employees genuinely love to show up to and are happy to go to? There's a lot. I don't know that I can answer it in a few sentences, but I will say <laughs> this. I really believe that it starts with the leadership, whether it's department leaders or owners or whatever you may be, being able to genuinely show appreciation for their employees. That has to be there, or I feel like you're not going to be able to get to that stage of employees really wanting to come to work. Who wants to go to work if they feel like they're not appreciated? So I really think it starts with, with that, but also there's all the other things that go into play. One of the big things I talk about is providing the necessary tools for employees to do their job. I talk about the mop list and how I ask my managers monthly, what's on your mop list this month? The mop list is what are the items in your department that your employees are asking for or saying that they need to do their job better? And the reason it's called the mop list, it's a story about a housekeeper in a hotel, a long-term housekeeper asked the housekeeping manager for a new mop and the mop or the, the manager said, no, it's not in the budget this month. And so she asked the next month, can I please get a new mop? She's the one that cleans the lobby. We call them the lobby attendant, public space attendant. Mm. Nope, not in the budget. So another month goes by, can I please get a mop? My mop is old. It's dirty. It's gross. No, it's not in the budget. The employee finally quits. And then they're, you know, confused. Like, why are you been here forever? Why are you leaving us? The point of the story is, if you know anything about mops, <laughs> they're only like $5. And the mop is the single, probably most important tool that person has for their job in terms of cleaning the lobby floor. I found that in most places where employees are disgruntled, a lot of it is they're not being provided with the tools that they need. And whenever I go into a new place, I say, I tell this story and I say, I want to know what's in your department mop list. And owners are sometimes scared to do this because they're thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to ask for everything. They're going to ask for all this stuff. 
And I'm always taken back by how simple the requests are and how inexpensive the requests are typically. Inevitably, the front desk always wants a new printer. Fine, $500, here's your new printer. Housekeepers always want new vacuums. Uniforms come up a lot all the time. These aren't like major ticket items that people are asking for. And the reason that I think this is also important is we may not want to admit this to ourselves, but employees don't come to work excited to provide customer service for me as the GM. They're not coming to work excited to provide customer service for the Marriott brand on the building. If you've hired the right people, which that's a whole nother topic, they're probably wired to want to provide customer service. They want to provide good service because it makes them feel good. And it's a representation of themselves. So if you're not providing them with the tools that they need to do the job, you're impacting their brand. You're impacting their personal representation. If you're not going to give them what they need, they're going to leave. They're going to go down the street somewhere else that may pay them an extra quarter, 50 cents an hour extra, but they're also going to provide them what they need to do the job. I really think those are two big keys to creating an environment where people want to come to work. You're providing them with the tools that they need and they feel genuinely appreciated by the leader. Yeah, that's great. And such a simple way to, to do that, have a huge reward for the business. Yeah. How do you motivate your employees to give a great customer experience? Look, one of the things we do in the hotel business, uh, reviews are huge. So people uh, more and more every day are providing feedback online in the way of Google reviews. TripAdvisor is big for us. We have a program in place where any employees that has their name mentioned online. And if a guest has an experience that's so positive that they remember the employee's name, that's pretty big. And then not only that, but they're going to take time out of their busy day once they've left the hotel to actually sit down and write about that person and put their name in the review. We celebrate that review globally with the entire hotel. If you want to make sure that you deliver a, a, a great brand consistently in a bigger scale, what's the one most important thing to do? I, I think the answer might be in the question a little bit, and that is the consistency part. I talk a lot about inspect what you expect. And I didn't, I can't take credit for the phrase. Someone else told it to me, but uh, <laughs> it, it's the idea that we have all these standards. We have all of these guidelines that we are to follow as a brand. And we have the service pledge in place. If we're not inspecting what we expect, if we're not coaching, if we're not, for the lack of a better term, calling out an associate, if they don't follow the 2010 rule, if I walk by a guest or a, an employee and see that they're you know, head down and they didn't acknowledge the guest. And I'm not saying, hey, don't forget the 2010 rule. There's a way to do it without having to be forceful or, or mm, jerk. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a big part of being able to deliver on the consistency is that if you're actually inspecting what you expect and making sure that you're in, and I don't like to use the word enforcing, but it's a, for a lack of a better term, enforcing what you do expect. Yeah. So talking about feedback, what's what's the role of feedback in your organization feedback is huge i i actually have a, a document I, I call my expectation document and i go through this with every leader and it's really just my basic expectations of our leadership team and one of the things on there i talk about is the importance of daily feedback and how it isn't fair to our associates 
and our employees to really pile on all the stuff that we maybe have been frustrated by them doing or not doing for several weeks. And we just sit them down and be like, hey, you didn't do this and you haven't been doing that and you didn't do this. Especially one of my biggest pet peeves is if, in a, if a manager tries to do that in, the, in a review, like a 90-day review for an employee, review should not be a surprise. Nothing that I tell someone in a review should be a surprise if we're giving them daily feedback as things happen. That's only fair to them. That's the only way that I think you can, as an organization, move forward and have those levels of consistency that are important to providing great service. And that's why I like two hours in the morning that I talked about earlier, because again, I'm being intentional and I'm able to see things and do things and, hey, like, maybe try this or... You didn't follow the 2010 rule. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if your company wants to create a great experience for your customers, what is one simple thing they could do today that will make a long-term impact? I think you know what I'm going to say. I'm going <laughs> to say, I would say implement um, a service pledge or service basics and specifically make sure that the 2010 rule is there. Some people call it the 15-5 the same thing 2010 15 5 but i would say if you can get your employees on board in your organization with practicing that you'll see a lift quickly in your customer service what about thanks for coming in <laughs> and thanks for coming in today thank people for coming in absolutely and that applies to both your employees and your customers awesome well that was all the questions that i had this was fun i really enjoyed it thank you so much ryan <laughs> my pleasure <laughs> Thank you for listening to Frontline Medic podcast brought to you by Ask Nicely. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please give it a five-star rating. And remember to visit frontlinemedic.org and sign up to our community for free. Frontline Medic community is there to help you bring out the best in your frontline staff. You can access tools, frameworks, inspirational stories that will help you create a great customer experience at the frontline. Visit frontlinemedic.org to learn more. 